This podcast was made possible by Hot Source Yoga. Hot Source Yoga is by far our favorite yoga studio, featuring a variety of hot yoga and hot Pilates classes, and they even offer childcare. Seriously, we feel like a million bucks after these classes. They also offer a 30-hour hot Pilates teacher training online so you can get certified from the comfort of your own home. The founder, Nicole, is so inspiring. She's a life coach miracle worker who has helped hundreds of women and girls empower themselves to make their dreams a reality. Nicole offers sessions in person or online. Ready to make your own dreams come true? Use code SHAMELESS for $20 off your first coaching session at NicoleDuke.com. And be sure to visit HotSourceYogaStudio.com to see why it's our latest obsession. I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everybody. Everybody, everyone. I thought you were going to go Irish accent again there no. for a second. Kind of, hello, hello. I'm not feeling very Irish today. No. Today is Tuesday morning. We are actually recording an uh, intro for this podcast the day the podcast comes out. So it's 11 11, make th- a wish. This is live. I guess it's always live in this moment. <laughs> uh, so, time. welcome to Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode is fucking awesome it's with jaya who is well you'll you'll hear in the bio but she's amazing she's an author she's an educator she's a sexological body worker uh, and she created something called the erotic blueprints and if you'll hear in this episode as she explains it to april and i our minds were blown uh she even includes whoa salute april (laughs) she even includes we're not editing that out keep that in here we're human it's the allergies it's the allergies uh she even includes a a quiz that you can take to figure out what your erotic blueprint is so we will explain more shortly but stay tuned because this is a very uh juicy action-packed informational inspiring it was was one of my favorites that we've recorded yeah i really liked it yeah you're like i can't wait to learn uh, okay, and then some announcements. So y'all have heard through the podcast, if especially if you listen to many episodes, uh, that I have co-owned, been co- I co-owned, co-owned in a retail store called Pure Pleasure Shop in Santa Cruz with my mom when we opened in 2008. So that's over 11 years ago. Uh, and April, if you've heard this maybe on a past podcast, was the first person that we hired there as our manager, and she helped to run the store. April and I were friends before that, but that's how she got her start in the sex toy industry. That's how I got my start in the sex toy industry, and then we blew up from there. Um, and I bring this up because my mom and I made the decision to actually sell the retail store of Pure Pleasure. The physical store. The physical store. We still own purepleasureshop.com, um, which we do talk about and promote because my mom is a sponsor of the podcast uh, on, on this podcast. And so uh, if you all have been fans of Pure Pleasure, the retail store, we want to just send you all a big hug and thank you for supporting us over 11 years. We opened in 2008 when the economy wasn't that great and we made it. Uh, we survived. And again, really grateful for what 
that retail store is done for both April and I to grow and expand. And if uh, you are a purepleasureshop.com customer uh, fan, that continues on. The legacy of the online store will will continue. So um, please keep supporting my mom and I, and more, more so my mom. Yeah. <laughs> because that's, that's that's her business, pretty much. And I have all these other little mini hats that I wear. So. And change is good. People, I think yeah. the community is a little sad, I think, and surprised. But yeah. I think it's really good. Change is good. And, and your mom is, is definitely, she needs space to retire and enjoy like her... Yeah. Her, uh, I don't know what you call them, the latter years. Her, <laughs> her, her glory years. The glory, um, the glory years. Yeah, she, yeah. Well, she's she's worked so hard. I mean, I work I worked the retail floor there for eight years, and then I got really burnt out. I mean, I'm, and it's not retail's a bad hard. It's really hard. It is hard. I and give props to folks that work in retail. I mean, we're helping people have orgasms and pleasure, yeah. and that's awesome. But for eight years doing that, it was just it got really I got really burnt out. So I think it was more liability to the retail store. <laughs> My sales numbers as one of the owners You're was like, lower mm-hmm. than everyone, and. Um, um, and I also had all these other things, you know, I started sex and relationship coaching and then we eventually started the podcast. So there's all these other things I was much more, um, excited about. I felt like I could do more with, uh, in terms of my offerings. And so my mom really allowed me to step away while she continued to run it, but that was a lot of work for her. So yeah, just, just to give a little, um, just, just give you a little, the, the 101, the 411 on what's going on there. And, and there will be a store in, uh, replacing. Yep. Is so we, yeah, it's, it's not going away forever. Yes. Purchased by another sex positive sex shop and, uh, it's good vibrations. If anyone knows the good vibrations and fun fact about that in 2006, when I went to San Francisco state for my psychology and human sexuality degree, I went on a class field trip to good vibrations. I saw their store in San Francisco. They have a number of them now. Uh, and I called my mom and I said, we should open up a sex shop just like this. So they were our original inspiration. Two years later, pure pleasure opened. So it's kind of perfectly full circle um, that it's going to become the, the original people that, that inspired us. You know, it's going to become their, that their store they're going to become. It's, that location will be good vibration. So um, it all feels really good. And thank you to the community. We've received, received so many emails from people and yeah. so many people coming into Pure Pleasure in our last days, just letting us know how much they appreciated what we've done and all the sex ed classes that we did. We did it one almost every week for 11 years. Yeah. So yeah, it was a resource, and I hope that Good Vibrations continues that on. Changes! Um, and then oh, one other thing, too. We've talked about this on the podcast before. We created an Amazon wish list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to be our sugar human, <laughs> we have an Amazon wish list on our homepage at shamelesssex.com. And it's, it's nothing that won't be used for outside of the podcast. It's it's, it's all podcast, podcast stuff to improve. You're not putting like a... No. Your... I want this blanket. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we need a blanket while we podcast. Yeah, it's getting cold. It's so getting... that's not out of the question. I need a pumpkin spice latte. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we have created Amazon wishlist if you want to be a sugar human and support the podcast and buy us some Hanukkah gifts or <laughs> Kwanzaa, <laughs> Kwanzaa gifts, um, any sort of gifts, a Halloween gift coming up. Uh, go to our website and you'll see the Amazon wishlist link. Okay, um, we have a sex question coming up. Then I'll read the bio. And I wanted to talk about one thing first that mm-hmm. I realize I haven't talked about, which is dating because. I feel like you're always talking about dating. I haven't talked in a while. Really? Maybe yeah, you just talk to me when we're about, not like, A lot of the shifts in my dating life that oh. has, has, has happened in the last month that I haven't really shared. But I don't need to go into too much detail about that. But one thing I did want to comment on was um, 
with the dating world, like I've, I've been speaking to other people about this who are also single, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm dating this guy and it's awesome. It's perfect. It's feeling really good. And we're like, we're just going the flow. And then two weeks later, like everything changed. <laughs> How quickly the third time's a charm well, or, yeah, a, that's what or you the drop off point, at least for me when I was dating. Well, we say, yeah, April and I say like, you know, first date can be kind of shiny. Second date, Ooh, still shiny. Third day, like, Oh, there you are. Stuff comes up. And, but, or, or it's just another thing that happens to like, you're just casually dating someone and then someone travels, they go away for a week and then everything's different when they come back. And, or you don't hear from them ever again. Yeah, That's happened you. to several of my friends. I just talked to someone yesterday where that happened. And they, it's like full ghost mode. Yeah. Because something changed and instead of handling, like letting you know what's going on, they ghost you because they don't know how to have those conversations or it's too scary. Yeah. My advice is to have the conversation. Because what happens when you see them again? It's awkward. It's awkward. And then people are left with questions. And hurt. And hurt. So instead you could say, hey, yeah, I left. And, and so this is something that happened for me when I went to Burning Man. There was someone that I've talked about on this podcast who really helped me to... Um, I get my arousal back. I'm so grateful for, for them and how they showed up in my life for for a couple months. And um, before I went to Burning Man, I met someone that I was um, really interested in and I'm still really interested in and am exploring and just staying open. You know, there's no, um, just it's just an exploration. You know, it's just like going with the flow. And so I don't really know exactly where it's going or what it is and not set on any of that, just exploring but going to Burning Man, just like it's like a light switch change with this other person who the lights turned on. What? Well, no, the, for that person, they turn off. Oh, the light switch. Oh, it literally was just like you know on, and then it went bink, and it was off. And I think it was a combination of a thing of a number of things was, with that particular person. Yeah, yeah. And so I bring this up because I want to just um, sh- just to for all you single folks out there who experience this. That you know that, that I, this this idea that anything can change into the dating world and can change really quickly. It can change overnight. Well, also your arousal switch could be turned off with a human that you've been with for a long time, like it was for me. Yeah. So I think that it's not really. There's a lot of variation with how you are internally to your brain relation mm-hmm. to whatever your connection with is with another person, and it ebbs and flows. Yeah. So who knows if you were in a relationship with that person, and it got switched off. Which I think there were external reasons for the switching off. Yeah. I mean, it was you're talking about the person in the summer that I yeah yeah, yeah with them the they helped me to get my arousal back and it wasn't the arousal that turned off it was the um, the desire openness to continue exploring the connection as it was and you know there were some other things involved like I met someone that I was really interested in the this and then this other person that uh, I they also started to feel stronger feelings and I couldn't meet them there. Um, And so there's a number of things there, but I get it. Like it's, it's hard. So if you are someone in the dating world who the light switch goes off, you're dating someone all of a sudden like, yeah, all of a sudden I'm not feeling it. My advice is talk to them about it, which I did with this person. Like, and this person was such, there's one of the best communicators I've ever met. So they made it really easy to, to do that. But uh, for a lot of the folks that you and I are talking about who to get ghosted, you know, just, you know, it's a hard conversation to have to say, hey, I'm not really feeling this anymore the way I was. And I know that's confusing for you, but, you know, my heart or my genitals are want to go to a different direction. The, it's not you, it's me. But it kind of... Co- combo, it, yeah. And, and like, it, that th- that is true. Like, even though it might have to do with the other person, it really technically isn't them. It's not like... Most of the time, something they did something absolutely terrible and you're not interested anymore. Most of it is your own stuff. 
So yeah, just just have the hard conversations. Uh, it's and, and even it's, in dating, it's not easy to have those conversations. However, you can do it in a way that has integrity yeah. and come from the I am, I feel place. And it, it isn't easy. I had to do that when I was in the dating world because I felt it was in a small town, especially it was important to have those talks and it wasn't ever easy. And, uh, I was happy that I did it because when I'd see them out, it wasn't awkward. It would yeah. be like, Hey, how are you? It's How's res- it going? It's respectful. Yeah. It's like, you're not like avoidant. Yeah. And you're treating them like someone that you actually still care about. Like maybe I don't care. Maybe the care has changed and that I'm not caring for you as a romantic lover or partner anymore, but there's still care that you're human. And I, you know, want you to feel as good as possible. And while still taking care of me. So anyways, wanted to bring that one up. Um, so I got, I had a sit down after I had the talk with my tier one after I was letting him go. Uh-huh. And his friend came over to my house, like his friend that, you know, that he came over and was like, the one that I, that you I, just had sex with him yesterday. I was like, and <laughs> he was like, that's so inappropriate. To end to, it? To end it after I had had sex with him the night before. Did you end it? Oh, the night before. So I ended it the next day. So wait, you had but sex had, with him. Did he spend the night and then you ended it the next morning? I ended it the next evening. Okay. Because so we like hooked up. Did you up. know you were going to end it when you had sex with him? I knew that it was coming to a close, but I didn't know. So you felt used. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but still, the friend, oh, no. that, the friend that said I was inappropriate because I was kind of like, I didn't do anything. I never, ever once said that we were going to be together. I never once told him that there was longevity. I yeah. said I had a con- like an open conversation that said I had solid feelings for someone else. And yes, we hooked up the night before and it was great. And we had a lot of fun and that was our part of our relationship. So well, the fact that I got shamed for banging it out the night before was really sad. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't kind of with, with shaming, but what I will say is that if you knew before you had sex with them, that you I were didn't going, know, you I didn't, didn't know. So I had, didn't know I was going with the flow and so it's because the I, next day. I had ran into my current partner the at the grocery day. store the next day. Uh, and I didn't know if I'd ever see him again or we'd ever really hook. I know I'd see him, but so that's how quickly things change. That's what I'm saying and i and i realized when i saw him after we had met on on the vacation that we met on that i really did have feelings and they were legit so that's when i was like i do need to break it off with this person yeah oh then that makes sense and i could be wrong on the timing it might have been two days following but no it was the day after because the guy came over than 24 hours it was yeah because his friend came over and totally shamed me yeah, well, th- things things happen, and it, but it sounds like honestly, if if your truth was when you hooked up that night, you had no idea that like tomorrow you would be like, no, this isn't my, no, my I didn't jam, know. and then the next day something changed so signif- significantly that quickly that you needed to be honest about it. Then that's and in integrity. I opinion. didn't lead him on and go back and forth, which I think a lot of people, at least that I've talked with that are dating kind of do that they they feel like something better comes along yeah. and then when that doesn't work out they switch back and go back to the person that was sort of it that met the most of them at the time yeah. i mean we have lots of friends that do that mm-hmm. regularly and that i am not for leading people on and i wouldn't do that no i'm yeah i'm, I'm all for honesty i was like you know what this is what's happening and you're awesome we had a great time i hope we can be friends yeah love it Good job, Chip. Sorry, I wanted to share that because no, it I like did it. kind of but it's a good example it laced what, in with it. It's a good example of what I was talking about. What I'm talking about is um, that things can change really quickly and the, the more transparency we can have to have the, I mean, having those hard conversations, even with people we don't want to see anymore, the better. So thank you for sharing that, Chip. Um, okay. So sex question. It's a very simple one. Is it my fault that I can't make my wife orgasm? She seems to think so. 
Well, I think we've talked a lot about this on the podcast over the years. We're in years of podcasting now. We are. Over two years. Uh, So, and I think, honestly, from my own perspective, I always did, back in the day, think that the other person was responsible for my own pleasure. Mm -hmm. And that was my, my way of kind of... I don't. I. I didn't know how to self pleasure. I'm sorry. I only knew how to self pleasure though, mm-hmm. and so I never really recognized the fact that when I was with another partner, I still was in control of my own pleasure. I depended on them. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't communicate, or your partner she can't communicate what she likes or needs. But you, in my opinion, are not responsible for her orgasm. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, and so it's a little unclear what's happening. It's just is they're not explaining anything other than I can't make her orgasm, and she seems seems to think it's my fault. So like my questions are okay, what's happening? Are is she communicating what she likes, and you're trying it and it's not working? Is she not even saying anything? Is expecting you to be psychic and know what she likes? Is she asking for what she wants and you're not even trying it? Um, are you just pleasing yourself and then kind of giving up and not letting her kind of? have her experience and her orgasm or feel her into her pleasure. Yeah. Or are you trying a whole bunch of things and she's just not giving you any feedback because she doesn't even know what she likes or she's afraid to speak up. I mean, there's so many different possibilities for what this could be and they're all really common. All of them are really common. And so, um, I mean, all you can really do because you're not psychic. And even if you listen to our podcast, let me tell you all these tips and tricks on how to please the pussy. It's going to be different for every pussy that you meet. So all you can really do is be open and curious about what it is that she likes. Be a really badass giver. Like make it a, a lot about her and her a voyeur. Be like, I'm going to be a, vo- a fly on the wall while you ple- self ple- pleasure. So you pleasure yourself, yeah. which some people be terrified of because <laughs> yeah. they're like, I don't like being watched. And some people like me really hot. And then you can learn, but you know, she needs, she essentially, it's up to her to know what she likes and doesn't like. And if she doesn't know, she can go and explore on her own and then share that with you. This is why we talk about OMGS all the time. Um, go check it out, omgs.com backslash shameless. You'll know what we're talking about. Online program to learn about different techniques for pleasuring vulvas internally and externally. Um, or you two can discover together. You know, you you make it this open exploration. Like, take your penis off the table because I think we're you, not sure if uh, this I, person has a penis. I yeah, I didn't actually get that, but I got the name, which we're not saying. Oh, here, got I, it. But okay. I, I, that's an assumption. So I don't know. Maybe they don't have a penis. But take your genitals yeah. off the table and just get make it all about your wife. And let's try some things. And I'm going to uh, touch you and and tell me. You know, do you like this? Yes, no, hot, cold. Maybe use a number system. Like a, a ten is like I love it. And a zero. Is like nah, and a, and a five is like, hey, let's keep trying it out, uh, and figure out what she likes. But you know, you, ultimately, she's like April said, she's responsible for herself, her feelings, her pleasure, and all you can do is really show up and support her and be be a really curious learner and really dedicated to that. And if she stills like this is your fault, mm, go to go to a therapist because that's some projection. Of, there's some other stuff going on there. Anything else you want to say about that one? Well, if it's if she if uh, the the wife uh, in this question is unsure of what she likes, it's probably time to self explore yeah. and to get out of your head and really tap into feeling the sensations of your touch or your toy or whatever you're experiencing, and then that can lead in to the touch from your partner and the mm-hmm. the physical sensations that your partner is providing you. Yeah. And you can, there's so, we have so many podcasts about this. You can remove some of the senses, you can use blindfolds, you could mm-hmm. 
you can have a stuffy nose like me and then <laughs> you have a stuffy nose like April. <laughs> Use your ears more. You can, and, and also there's sex toys like for folks who it's, you know, vulva owners where it's hard to orgasm with fingers, penises, mouths, um, or just vulva owners in general because sex toys are awesome. Go get a, a powerful rumbly wand style sex toy from purepleasureshop.com mm. and you get 15% off with coupon code SHAMELESSSEX in all caps. Um, we love the magic wand. They have an electric one. They have a rechargeable one. That one is almost, I'm going to call it, not going to call it guaranteed orgasm, but I don't know anyone that's used that hasn't had an orgasm because it is so powerful. If that feels too bulky, try the mystic wand. They are awesome toys uh, and incorporate them into your sex with one another, with each other. I don't know which one it is. Is it one another or each other? With each other? Your each sex. Other. Uh, and, um, and orgasms perhaps will start flowing. So go do it. Okay. You ready for a bio? I am. All right. Here we go. Internationally recognized, award-winning sexologist and best-selling author of Red Hot Touch, Jaya is the creator of the Erotic Blueprint Breakthrough, trademark, and the Erotic Blueprint Quiz, also trademark. Through more than two decades of client observation and clinical research, she discovered a map of arousal that reveals your specific erotic language of arousal, a revolutionary revolutionary framework to create deeper connection and sexual satisfaction. To learn more... And to take the free quiz, go to eroticbreakthrough.com backslash shameless. And then you can check it out. And now let's dive into the interview. But first... You all know we are huge fans of erotic self-care. Whether it's as a practice to connect to your desire or perhaps you're just looking to get super aroused, we are all about finding creative ways to tap into our internal fire. Enter Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app created with women in mind, full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on. Turn off the television and stop scrolling through Instagram. It's time to get into your eroticism, and Dipsy makes it easy to get you there. No joke, I listened to Dipsy on my way home from the airport, and I got so turned on that I had to rip my partner's clothes off right when I got home. Dipsy gets me turned on anywhere, anytime. Sometimes I listen just for me, or I put on a hot story to heighten arousal with my partner. The possibilities are endless. And Dipsy just made tapping into your arousal even easier by offering our listeners a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipseastories.com slash shameless. And now back to the show. I was seeing clients yesterday online. I saw two of them. And I was not wearing pants the whole time. It was awesome. They had no idea. I don't have any pants on. You don't have pants on? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no pants party. It's where I live. Oh, oh, yeah. You live in Aptos. Yeah, it's a breezier. Yeah. 15 minutes down the road. <laughs> no pants needed. I'm not wearing underwear. Hey. Um, ready? All right. Let's dive in. You know, I might just actually um, start it from that point about us talking about no pants right now, too. So, <laughs> yeah, fitting for the podcast. So, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast. I'm not wearing underwear. I'm telling April to take her pants off. And our guest, Jaya, is not wearing pants either. And that is the magic of video recording. Wearing too many clothes. Let's yes. take them off. So this episode is, as I said, with Jaya. Jaya has been a sex educator for a long time. And you heard the bio, um, sexological body worker. I think she did some work with Tony Robbins. You're here so you can elaborate more. And our first question for you, Jaya, will be, um, can you tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. 
so I just want to preface this with all of our journeys, because I think that we're all on a journey in some way. And I love Joseph Campbell's just the hero heroine's journey. And I think just putting it in that frame that we all have a sexual erotic journey, which moves from our conditioned identity to our deep erotic essence. And so there's the personal journey that I've experienced erotically and sexually, but there's also the business side of being a sexologist and working with all the clients that I have over the last two decades. So on the personal side, boy, um, (laughs) you know, like people will say, how did you get to be where you are? Like hundreds of orgasms and all this like pleasure and amazingness and it didn't start that way. And I want people to know that because people often think like, oh, people are just like that. But when it comes to our sexuality, it's often learned. It is a journey and it is that peeling back of layers of the conditioning. And for me, there was actually a point in my life where sex was painful. After I had my baby, it was excruciatingly painful. I had a major pelvic floor trauma. Um, but when I started out, I didn't like to be touched at all. Like I remember being in my teens and it's like, if someone touched me or I used to be a pat hugger, you know, like the mm-hmm. yeah. don't touch my body, you know, don't get too close to me kind of way of being now I'm like, you know, <laughs> it's like all juicy and love to be close, but wasn't orgasmic, um, with a partner would short circuit very easily. I would get overwhelmed very easily. And you'll see as I go through the blueprint model, kind of what that may have looked like. And so it was quite a journey of starting when I was 19, I got involved in tantric sex and studied as much as I could about tantra and breathing and my body and like being in my body. So a lot of it was the journey of healing. I wanted to heal. I wanted to feel, I had endometriosis. I had um, a lot of bowel challenge, you know, of just like the lower part of my body. And someone said to me, you need to work on that part of your body before you can be a healer. Cause I really wanted to be a healer. And, uh, I, it was a slap in the face at first, but it was a gift because it led me into embodiment and embodiment practice and being in my body and led me to the career that I have today. So I, that's a beautiful journey, by the way. And uh, I'm surprised you didn't give people like the elbow. I'm surprised you went in for the long hug. Cause sometimes if I'm hurting, I'm like, just give me an elbow. Nice to meet you. Uh, that was safer for me. So uh, erotic blueprints. I love that, that trade. Did, did you trademark that or is that a? Yes. Yeah, so the erotic blueprints are, is a framework, it's that a framework. framework, which is the five erotic blueprint types in a course that we have called the erotic blueprint breakthrough course that goes into those five types. Okay. Cause my question was really what exactly, what, what are the erotic blueprints? Uh, I'm, I'm curious. And I love that, that term. I think of architecture, obviously when I think of blueprints, <laughs> but when you throw some eroticism into it, uh-huh. I want to know more. <laughs> So the erotic blueprints came out of, again, a personal journey combined with my business journey. So I'm a somatic sexologist, which means I work with people much more hands-on than say, come into my office and let's talk about sex. It's more like, hey, let me see how you guys are interacting with one another and see how arousal works and see what's happening in your body. So at this time in my path, in my journey, my partner and I were really struggling. We just had a baby. We had used to have really hot sex, like at the beginning of our relationship. I don't know how many people relate to that, like super hot. And then you have a kid and <laughs> things change. You're like the body change. I didn't, even though I had all this sex technique, I didn't know what to do at this point in my life because I couldn't turn my partner on. I was like, what's going on? He kept saying, I'm still attracted to you, but he just wasn't interested in sex. And 
I'm the sex expert. I'm supposed to be having hot, juicy sex. And I remember just rolling over in bed and crying myself to sleep at night. And he'd roll over on the other side, like snoring in two seconds, you know, with his mouth open. <laughs> like, here's the scenario. And then like, there's diapers. And oh, yeah. you know, like, it just wasn't sexy. And this went on for a while. And I, it got to the point where I was just like, I don't know if I even want to be in this relationship anymore. And I really started questioning, do I love this person? Like, who is this person I had a baby with? And it was, it was quite painful. And at the same time in my business, I was making this discovery with my clients. So this, the clients were coming in and like a lot of people who just weren't feeling arousal, like I'm not turned on, like here it is, like in my own relationship showing up in my practice. But I started to notice these patterns. And the pattern was some people were really turned on when they weren't touched. Okay, well, what's that? And I remember the very first client looking at me. He was like having orgasms all over the table and just like, oh my God, what's going on? His wife's looking at me like eyes this big. And I wasn't like, nobody was touching. It was just like hovering energy over his body. And he was having all these, this orgasmic response and had no idea that this was what would turn him on. And then like the next client coming in and then I started just noticing, oh, well, this person, that same thing doesn't happen. And this person, this, so it was just this noticing clinically of the way bodies were aroused. And so I started to wonder in my own life, okay, well, my part, maybe my partner is different than how I've been addressing him. Cause I would come to bed and say, Hey, let's have sex. Mm -hmm. Or like we'd be driving in the car and I'd sneak my hand up his thigh, you know, like touch his cock and be all like, yay. And he'd be like, what are you doing woman? Like, why are you touching me? I'm strip teasing like on the floor, you know, with my G string. And he's just like, why? That's so obvious. Why are you, <laughs> why are you doing that? And so I wasn't getting it, even though I knew all these sex techniques and strip tease class. And I just, wasn't putting two and two together until I did and discovered that my own partner is kinky, which is one of, one of the other blueprints. And we'll go through the five at some point here, but making the long story short, we now have super hot sex and it was just me finding, figuring out how he was wired. So an erotic blueprint, if you think about it uh, in terms of how you're wired erotically or your language, some people talk about the five love languages in comparison to this of what is the language that you're speaking in? He was speaking Persian and I was speaking like American English. Um, and I wasn't getting when he was initiating sex and he wasn't getting when I was initiating sex, even though we were initiating, we both weren't hitting the messages. And it got me to the point of really like, it's a mythology that just another sex technique is going to make sex hot because I knew all the sex tech. I mean, I'd written four books on sex techniques and it wasn't the thing that was turning my partner on because it was mostly within a specific blueprint types that were mine because it was my language, not in his. Mm -hmm. So a blueprint is a language that is how you are aroused, how you are turned on and how you feel honored in a relationship. And most people will fit into these five kind of categories. Yeah, well, everybody has a little bit of all of them. Okay. I, I, well, I'll take that back. Some people score zero. So we have a test that people can take. Um, we've had almost over a hundred thousand people, just like 40,000 people in the last month took this quiz. It's like so exciting right now. Well, I'm going to be taking it. I'm already like, Hmm, I'm trying to analyze myself just based on what you said. And yeah. I don't even know the five, the five, uh, themes yet. Or is it themes or blueprints? The blueprints. Yeah. The five, the 
blueprint makes up more than just these types, but the types tend to be the most popular piece of it. So your blueprint, your core erotic blueprint, similar to you were talking about Jack, we were talking to Jack Warren before we got on here, his core erotic themes, which I love um, that book, The Erotic Mind was a, was an inspiration. I studied a little bit, got to study a little bit with Jack before uh, he passed, but the core erotic theme, I started thinking, well, what's the core erotic blueprint? What's the map of arousal that's there? Not based on a theme, but actual typing system like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or like some kind of personality type that we've had. And so that's the inspiration came from there. And then I was looking at things like the Enneagram and really like there's got, nobody's made one of these for erotic mapping. And so it consists of a stage or a state of consciousness that you're in. That's the first piece. Then there's the type, which we're going to talk about today. And then there's looking at like, what are the obstacles? There are four different obstacles that prevent you from really stepping into your essence of who you are as an erotic being. So it's that journey that I was talking about from identity to essence. And we all have nemesis on that journey, right? We have to fight the dragon to come back with the realization. And so the, the four obstacles are like those pieces. That, the Enneagram, I love the Enneagram. If, if folks out there don't know what that is, check, check the Enneagram out too. But that, that was what in my brain, before I even went into it, I kind of linked the two. So that's amazing that you- What number are you in the Enneagram? I am the enthusiast number seven. I am too. Oh, you are? No way. Yeah, I think I'm a, um, I have some, uh, some six wing, but um, I am, yeah, a seven. Amy's a two. She's a helper for sure. Uh, so I love stacking these. So like the blueprints with like the Enneagram with Myers-Briggs, you know, yeah. just, like I just love looking at it all to see like, what's the personality and then what's of that has been conditioned. And then how do I expand? One of the things I read in the Enneagram book that really inspired me with the blueprints was the number just shows you where you're limited. Mm. Like your type just shows you where you're limited, not like, and so this idea of expansion, and we'll talk about that too later, but the and, idea and- of expanding your blueprint came from that. That's, and that's beautiful because the Enneagram does, and maybe you're, I, I'm so excited to actually uh, look deeper into the erotic blueprint. And I'm so happy that you're here. I'm like, Ooh, I'm, I'm like getting all activated. So uh, is it because the Enneagram talks about like the highest self and lowest self, is it similar with this too? So when, even if you are having sex, because you talked about it, it this was kind of your journey to get to this point because you weren't having sex, but this could be beneficial to anyone, even if they are having healthy sex with their partner or partners, this is, it's just interesting to learn more about, about your partner. Or if you're not in a relationship, I mean, imagine we had one woman who took our course and she was, she was like singles because so many singles people think, Oh, I'm single. So therefore I don't have a sexuality. I'm like, no, no, this is like the perfect time to be exploring. And, and she was saying, you know, when I used to date, I would fuck it up because I'm going into my my date speaking my own blueprint. And now I sit back and I watch and then I see, oh, they're this blueprint. And then I'll start to actually speak to them in that blueprint. And it has changed, it changed her dating life completely because she was able to go in consciously with what type another person was. So I'm sure our listeners are like, okay, but what are the types? What are the types? What are the, what are the, what are the, so what are the five types of erotic blueprints? So the first one is, and you talked about the kind of like the positive state, like the upper and lower. So each one has superpowers and each one has a shadow. So the superpower of the energetic blueprint is they can be aroused by longing, yearning, tease, 
space, like the more that I long for something, the more aroused I am. So if any of you have ever been like, oh my God, they're going to kiss me. They're going to kiss me. Oh, they're going to kiss me. And then the kiss comes and you're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) because you love the anticipation of it more than the actual like doing of it can be part of it. So the superpower there can be, you can have orgasms without being touched because it's all in the space before something happens or arrives on your body. Um, so thoughts being out in like the sun, you know, like things like that, that are just like the wind can blow the right way and I can have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. And it's just because I have, there's so much sensitivity to everything around you. So there's a hypersensitivity, which gives you the superpower. Um, the, the shadow side, and there's more superpowers. I'm just, I'm giving you guys cliff notes. So the shadow side is that you short circuit because you're so sensitive. So if someone comes into your body too much, too quick, too fast, you're, you actually shut down Mm -hmm. and, or you're in the throes of eroticism and things are going up, 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 up. And then you just kind of short circuit because it just became overwhelming. It was too much sensation. Another shadow can be hierarchical thinking. So if you ever hear anybody who's like, oh, you're in your lower chakras and you eat meat and, you know, like that kind of, that kind of stuff, it's, that used to be me. I wouldn't date anyone who ate meat, watch television, you know, anything that I thought was like lower watch porn, you know, like none of that. So I had a lot of judgment towards people who weren't like me mm-hmm. in the energetic blueprint. So then the sensual is the next one. And the sensual is someone who's turned on by all of their senses being ignited. My goal this year was to expand in the sensual. We were talking about my office. I've got like fur everywhere. <laughs> the, the couch is velvet. You know? So I'm rubbing it all over myself right now for those of you listening. <laughs> um, and so the sensual's superpower is that they bring beauty to the erotic experience. They're the people who are going to like light a candle, make the bed, have delicious like strawberries by the side of the bed. And I, I had a, I had someone who was like, why do the, why do people do that? Like, why are they making hot baths and lighting candles for me? And I can really relate to this because my partner would do these things. And I just sort of be like, oh, why why is he not having sex with me why is he making candles and cuddling like spending time doing this we have a baby that's gonna wake up you know like it was just so you can see the difference in the blueprints right so I and I'm I was primarily this next blueprint but the before I go into that I want to go to the superpower so superpower of the sensual is full-bodied orgasms so you could have non-genital orgasms full-body orgasms um really being in the body deeply, you can go into these like really deep places of embodiment. However, the shadow side is that you're stuck in your head. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking about what's happening in between your legs, you're like, oh, uh, did I pay that bill? Oops, I forgot to call that person back. What about Brene Brown on Netflix? Oh, I wish my partner would watch Brene Brown on Netflix. You know, you're like, you're, you're, you're doing that instead of feeling what's happening in your body. So that is the biggest kryptonite for the sensual. Also not liking mess, needing everything to be just right. You know, you're like, you're very sensitive to like that pillow over there is not symmetrical. I think I found my blueprint. (laughs) 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 Okay, y'all time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by some of our favorite things. 
Uber Lube is one of them. It's a luxurious lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off your pH than most other lubes. Seriously? There are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uber Lube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. Amy, I know you love Uber Lube too. What do you love? I love Uber Lube because it has no flavor, no scent, and it feels absolutely amazing on my body. In fact, I want it everywhere. I even use it in my hair, for my hair frizzies, for massage, and it can also prevent chafing. Oh, and the bottle is gorgeous. It's discreet and looks like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, go check out uberlube.com. Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com, code SHAMELESSSEX and 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that helps you add more sexy things to your menu. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. Amy, tell us why you love OMGS. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it has changed their lives. Whether you're already having good orgasms and want to have even better orgasms, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime or even learn how to pleasure someone else's vulva, OMGS will have something for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD that money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless and our listeners get $5 off. That's omgs.com backslash shameless. You get $5 off. Go check it out now. And back to the show. All right. So the next one's a sexual and that's someone who's turned on by what we think of as sex in our culture. It's like erections, wetness, orgasm, nudity, penetration, pretty much. And so the sexual blueprint in its superpower is zero to 60. I'm turned on. I'm ready to go. Like sex is easy. Sex is simple. It's like pizza. Like it all tastes good. Everybody's having an orgasm. It's all good. It didn't matter if it was two seconds or 10 minutes or, you know, like it's good. So that's the superpower is that sex it has this simplicity to it and beauty to it. It's free. It's like, what's the big deal? It's just sex. Sexuals have sex in order to relax, whereas a sensual will have sex in order, they, they, a sensual needs to relax before they have sex. Mm-hmm. So the sexual is like, oh, everything's right in the world. I feel good. I can go conquer stuff because I'm relaxed. It relieved my stress. Whereas a sensual, if they're stressed, forget it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're, they're not, like their libido goes down when they're stressed. So, um, you know, I just had a baby and what I want to do, I want to have lots of sex, even though there's all this stress, because for me, sex is a stress reliever. So, but my partner is like exhausted and stressed out and he has no libido and I don't understand it because I also have a projection onto men that all men are sexual, Mm -hmm. all cisgendered men, you know, you are all sexual. So therefore what's wrong with you? What's wrong with my partner? So shadow side of the sexual is this. What's wrong with everybody else? <laughs> you know, you all must be broken because, you know, I fit into the cultural norm mm-hmm. and there's this limited definition of sex. 
limited definition that doesn't include all the other blueprint maps. It's like, I'm the right one. You know, I don't understand what the big deal is. Everybody is okay. Like you're having an orgasm. You should be happy. Um, they don't understand the more to sex. I remember walking in with my partner and being like, come on, chop, chop, get it up. Let's have sex. <laughs> I'm ready. Aren't you? I'm ready. You know, so um, when I took the the quiz, uh, once we had created all the structure and, you know, the tech for it, and I took it, I was zero of his blueprint, which is this <laughs> next one. And he was zero sexual. So he was 0% sexual. And I was 0% kinky, which is his blueprint. So kinky is someone who's turned on by the taboo. And that's whatever's taboo for you. So there are two different types of kinky. So one is psychological, meaning I'm more turned on by the power dynamic and the fantasy and the play of it um, versus like needing spanking. Because when we think of kinky, we often associate it with pain. And, and that's something I want to bust here. That, that kink, The world of kink is so huge. And it really is what's taboo for you. So there's psychological. Um, an example of psychological would be something like your partner says to you, go stand in the corner, <laughs> look at me, spread your legs. Good girl. Like that kind of. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Good girl. You just <laughs> nailed Amy's, uh, a- Amy's blueprint like, right there. Ah! She's like, I'm right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then sensation based would be more like the feeling of ropes or the handcuffs or like those kinds of things. So my partner's both, he has a combination of both psychological and sensation based. And so the superpower is similar to an energetic. You can go into altered states of consciousness. You can have orgasms without being touched because it can all be very mental stimulation. Um, you can create lots of endorphins in the body and like feel good hormones and it's endless creativity in the world of kink. Like we could play, I could play forever there. I feel like in the next 10 years, I couldn't have explored everything there is to explore. The shadow side is deep shame. So my partner was kinky and didn't tell me we were six and a half years into our relationship. And I still didn't know fully that he was kinky until I got a book to write, like the uh, contract for a book to write on kink. And we started playing with some things and I was like, Oh my gosh, you're kinky. Like that's, what's been going on. And then he started to reveal and I'm a sexologist. This is what I do for a living. So for my own partner, how hard it was for him to come out as kinky. And like every year he comes out just like a little bit more <laughs> every year. You know, he's, he's like, okay, now we can talk about this publicly, you know? Okay. Now we can, da, 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 you know, so he's telling more and more stories. He's coming out more and more about what he's turned on about, but this deep shame kept him from fully enjoying because he was always going, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we often feel when we're not sexually blueprinted. Mm-hmm. The energetics are like, what's wrong with me? I must be broken. And that when somebody goes to touch me, I short circuit. The sensuals are like, I can't get out of my head. Ah, so I must be broken. You know, like we think that we're broken when actually you're normal. And so I want everyone to just hear that you're not broken. You're fixable. I hear this too. Like I'm too damaged. I'm beyond, you know, repair. And anybody, I have not seen anybody who is too broken Mm -hmm. ever. So you just, we just don't talk about sex enough to know that there are other people like us in other blueprints. And what we see in the media is oftentimes the sexual blueprint. So we think, well, I'm not turned on like that. I'm not getting wet. I'm not having these orgasms. Something must be wrong with me. So when I talk about the superpowers, I talk about possibility and it's nothing you ever have to experience. You're not wrong or broken if you're not experiencing those things. It's just what's possible because it makes it possible in the field. 
So my, I was zero kinky and my partner was zero sexual. I'm coming to bed, grabbing him and, you know, doing strip tease. He's saying it's too obvious because he's psychological, right? The psychological turn on. He's making baths for me because he was ashamed of the kinky. His secondary was sensual. So he would lead from his sensual all the time, which needs to relax in order to have sex. I just want to have sex in order to relax. Now we start to see the breakdown in our relationship and why we weren't having sex. I'm a sexual with energetic right underneath it. He's a kinky with sensual right underneath it. And his lowest two are energetic and sexual. And my lowest two are kinky and sensual. (laughs) We were complete opposites. (laughs) Complete opposites. So there's hope for everyone out there, even if you're complete opposites. Absolutely. And you're not incompatible sexually. This is another myth that I want to break. So if you're hearing me and you're like, oh, but we're different. That means like we can't be together. Think about it like a language. So if you are, speak Spanish and your partner speaks French, what are you going to do? And you love them. You learn their language. You learn their language. You know, you learn each other's languages and then you can both speak and then you have more variety to be able to, to do that. So we have one more. Should I talk about that one? Please. Yes. So the last one is the shapeshifter. And the shapeshifter is someone who's turned on by everything. So if you heard yourself there and you were like, I like all of that. And I like all of that pretty much equal, like equally, it feels like, then you most likely are a shapeshifter. Now, shapeshifters' superpower is that they can, they have a capacity for pleasure unlike anything I've ever seen. So it's like more. Oh yeah, we've been going for two hours. More. I'll I'll have more of that. (laughs) Oh yeah. I want, you're just touching me that way. I want like 10 other touches. I want 50 hands on my body. Like they have a capacity for pleasure that just keeps going and going and going. We kind of have a joke in our community is like, would a shapeshifter ever be fed? You know, like, <laughs> like satiated? <laughs> are they ever satiated? <laughs> because they just can, can keep going and going. And it's like, they just are never ending expansion. And so Congratulations if you're one of those out there. I know a couple of those. I know I know one too. I think we're probably thinking of the same one. <laughs> What's up, Shameless Sex Fam? Is your sex life important to you? Hmm. What about your relationships? And also, let me ask you this. Who can relate to this story? Things were once so good in the bedroom with my partner, and now it's a mess, and I don't know what to do. Where's or, my happily ever after, yeah, where's Amy? My ha- yeah, yeah, what about me? Or how about so many aspects of my life are fantastic, but when it comes to sex and relationships, I feel so lost. Yep, been there. Uh, mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. And this is why you all need Shameless Sex, the, the book. book. We give you simple, simple solutions and a framework that you can use. You can customize it to you. Yes, you gives you the tools, the right tools for your sex and relationship. So you get what you desire and it's fun. It's playful, right, Amy? We're always playful. It's kind of sexy. And did I mention how easy we make it for you? You have to check out Shameless Sex. Plus the testimonials, they're coming in from everywhere. And this book has helped people just like you recreate and create the sex life of their dreams. So you can do it too. Go to, where are they going, Amy? Shamelesssex.com. Oh, how easy is that? Just go to shamelesssex.com and click on the book, okay? And you can get it however you choose. If you, you want, want hardcover, audio. Yeah. Hardcover? We got you hardly yeah. covered. 
So this place of that then also has a little twist because you can shapeshift to be whatever, right? So if you can speak French and you find someone you love who speaks French, you're just going to speak French. But what if they never learn your other languages? Mm. So then you're kind of left starving. So what I see oftentimes in the shadow of the shapeshifters, I shapeshift to be please everyone else, but I'm never really fed myself because I'm only getting one or maybe two blueprints. And then also they've been told usually somewhere in their history that they're too much. Mm-hmm. You're too much. You want too much. You demand too much. Gosh, are you never satisfied this kind of language to them? So they've been shutting down these pieces of themselves throughout their lifetime. And by the time, you know, they try to fit themselves into a box of like one blueprint or the sexual blueprint most often. And that just, they're just big. Mm-hmm. And really owning that is a really important piece of the shapeshifter. So, okay. So obviously you mentioned uh, you and your partner having zeros and uh, in each other's blueprints. Uh, So that's bound to happen with a lot of different partnerships out there. So that brings me to kind of ask if if one person is different from another person's in, in the partnership of their lovers, how do we navigate this? What, what do we do? Obviously, you have to identify it, but then, but then what happens? Yeah, so once you've identified what your blueprint is, and maybe you just started hearing it already just listening to me talk, but we also have that quiz. So you guys can go take that, and I'm sure you guys will put the link in the, the show notes. So take the quiz and then find out what type you are. Then have a conversation with your partner. You know, If your partner hasn't taken the quiz and you want them to like, hey, I took this quiz. Here's what I found out about myself. There's nothing wrong. It's really important that you phrase the conversation with, there's nothing wrong. You haven't done anything wrong. You're not in trouble. I just want to have a conversation with you about our sex life and how to make it hotter. Mm -hmm. Right? So then that creates a safe container. And hey, by the way, I took this quiz. If you take it, we can kind of compare notes and see where we're at. Sometimes people are the same and they don't realize, oh, you like kink too? (gasps) We never talked about that before. I can't tell you how many clients I've had that are on the same page. And then we have um, people who are different. So then you find out you're different. Okay, we're totally opposites. Now what do we do? We learn how to feed the blueprint, how to speak the blueprint. I can go into what each one of these means, how to expand the blueprint, and then how to heal the shadow sides of the blueprint. Um. And, and not necessarily in that order. Sometimes people really need to start in healing the shadows of, you know, I'm kinky, but oh my God, I have so much shame. There's no way I'm doing this in front of you. So then, okay, well, we, at least we've started the conversation and we can go, all right, well then let's work with the shadow parts and let's really heal that. And what would that look like? Okay. Is where does the healing belong? So there's four categories in healing. One is physical. So for me, I had just had a baby and I had scar tissue really badly in my pelvic floor and couldn't have actual penetration. And of course, penetration is like my biggest turn on. Um, So, you know, so then there was just actual like physical healing of my physical body that had to happen with the scar tissue. A lot of women have scar tissue who've given, who've given birth to babies. So this whole piece of education here is really important. If you've had hysterectomies, if you've had C-section, if you've had an appendectomy, like scar tissue grows and can create a lot of pain pelvically. And we don't talk about this. So 
there's the physical aspect. So that could be scar tissue, you know, I fell or um, my tailbone is broken, like those kinds of things. The, um, the second category is the emotional. So the emotional is, let's say you were shamed when you were really young about the first time, like you admitted you liked something that felt a little outside of the box. And your mom said, don't ever do that. Don't ever talk about that. Don't ever show anybody that about you. That's wrong, bad. You're wrong, bad. So we got that message and then we shut that part of ourselves down. And so now we've emotionally, we're looking at healing in the emotional category. And there's a lot of different things that can be there. Trauma. Um, and to me, that's a trauma, right? That's, that's a, a verbal trauma. Um, we've got just the conditioning of our society as sex negative, going to get medical exams. I mean, <laughs> these things, <laughs> we just don't have a lot of education around sex and a, an environment that's supportive of our own sexual expansion and growth. So there's a lot of emotional healing that oftentimes comes when we start to work on the blueprints. And then we've got the biochemical. So what's happening hormonally? what's, what's going on. So for me, it was like hormonally after I had my baby, I went into menopause and I was really young. So then I was working with bioidentical hormones and things to get my hormones back on track. Um, and then we've also got bioenergetics, which were energetic before we're actually physical or chemical. And so there's just simple things like what's happening in the cellular structure. Um, what's happening with your own polarities? Like, am I, like really feminine and, or am I too masculine? Like what, what's going on there with us? Are those polarities inside of me in war with each other, that kind of stuff energetically. So we're looking at a whole picture, not just one aspect of, of the healing, but the whole picture of the healing. Mm-hmm. So that's healing. And then we move in from healing into feeding the blueprint. And so feeding the blueprint is actually getting fed. Like someone speaking my language and my body's going, I feel good. I feel satiated. I feel fulfilled erotically. And each blueprint has a different way in which they feel fed. And then speaking the blueprint are the words that we use, the body language that we use. And is that in congruency with what we're actually saying? So, you know, I don't know if any of you have done naughty talk before, like explicit talk, but you know, somebody's in, in bed with you and then they say like something and it's just the wrong time. Like you're not, you're not turned on and you're like, oh God, you know, like, or they just say the wrong words. They're not like words that turn you on, but they turn them on. But a lot of people don't realize like they're doing what turns them on, not what's turning you on. So um, having the right words to say that being congruent with your body language and your vocal tone, because the body language and vocal tone actually speak louder than the words that you use. Mm-hmm. And so each blueprint has a different way. Like you're not going to go up to a uh, energetic and say, Hey, I want you to fuck me tonight. Like that's not, you're not going to say that because an energetic is going to be so turned off. My partner was turned off and that's what I was saying to him every night. But if I said that to another sexual blueprint, they'd be like, heck yeah. You know, like so happy and like we're on but not with his blueprint. So I had to learn how to speak to him in congruency. And then the final piece is expanding. And so expanding the blueprint is if you're in a partnership where you have a partner who, for example, my partner being kinky, I was like, all right, I'm going to take 90 days and I'm going to learn everything that I can about kink so that I can feed you. And I want to learn everything about what's turned you on specifically, like write out fantasies for me. Like it was hard for him. Like, I'm like, no, write them out. You know, <laughs> like I want to know what they are so that I can feed you. 
I read books. I went to experts. I did everything that I could in order to learn how to speak his language in a way that turned him on. But also expanding is about learning what the crossover is. Where is your turn on within that blueprint? And you know you fully expanded when that blueprint now becomes your turn on. So now kinky is a turn on. Sensual is now, I expanded into it. I got on my fur. It's now a turn on. Now I'm, I'm, I'm moving into shapeshifter, which is a whole other, like, it's like expanding into shapeshifter. I'm like, okay, we need at least six friends, like come over. Everybody's got like a different blueprint. We got feathers. We got like all this stuff. Cause I want to have all of the different sensations on my body and see how much capacity I can take. And then when I hit that limit, I've got to do a little healing and then move into new capacity. This is so, I mean, it, you, like, you already related it to the core erotic theme, which we've talked about to our, our listeners um, in our, I think in episode two, we talked a lot about it, but we talked about it often. And, and it's, that's helpful for a lot of folks. And then also the love language, you know, the main thing is in all of them is, you know, learn what yours is, learn what someone else's is, who, you know, whoever your partner is, and then learn to speak their language, you know, stepping outside of yourself so that you can meet them and they can meet you and it has to go both ways are playing with six people always. <laughs> yeah. um, this, this, I love how you did this. Like it's, it's so clear and, um, and, and open-ended as well and inclusive. Uh, and I'm, I'm super excited. I actually have taken the quiz a long time ago. I'm not remembering, but as you speak to it, I'm like, oh yeah, definitely kinky and sensual and not sec- I'm probably zero sexual um, or very low on that one, but I'm super excited to take this. And so for our listeners who are already probably like, wait, tell us where to take it. Tell us where to take it. Um, which we probably already told you in the bio anyways. But um, if you go to eroticbreakthrough.com backslash shameless with a backslash at the end of it, uh, you can take the erotic blueprint there. Um, there's a nice little video, intro video with Jaya there. And then you can take the erotic blueprint. And then you also offer um, the erotic blueprint breakthrough, I think is where people can continue to deepen this work, correct? Yeah. So we have a course, um, on the erotic blueprints. We just reshot it. So I'm not sure when you guys are, when this will be live, but, uh, we just reshot it and it should be out in a couple of months. So by the fall of 2019, we should have it out. Okay. Super exciting. And then you also work with people. So these, there's the, you know, the erotic blueprint quiz, there's the erotic blueprint breakthrough. You also see clients as well. Can, how, what are some other ways that people can get a hold of you, find you, work with you? Yeah. So we have uh, about a hundred and I think we're like 20 coaches now that we've trained. Um, so there are erotic blueprint coaches out there. If anyone's looking for private one-on-one coaching in this area, you can go to our website and find them there. Mm. And then, um, I also do private coaching, but I'm booked for the next two years. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are. Um, so it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's amazing. I'm so lucky. I'm just so fortunate mm-hmm. that I have, you know, something that I love to do every single day mm-hmm. that I get to do and just be with people in their eroticism and some of their most vulnerable places. And so I'm loving the work that I'm doing, but there is a waiting list if you, if you want it with you. Well, they can work with you uh, virtually by taking your course and yeah. you're taking the quiz. And then what do yeah, people we do want? We have live events too. So oh, people yeah. can do live events. And like, awesome. And what do people want to become an erotic blueprint coach? Is that something that's still available? 
Yeah. So right now um, we are taking applications for 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So each year we take a group of coaches and we will be limiting the amount of coaches that we take, but this next year, so last year I'm teaching the course live after that'll be pre-recorded. So Mm -hmm. 2020 is the last year live. Mm-hmm. You want to get in person with Jaya, then you can see all of her her furs and her beautiful. <laughs> you you have a um such a bright. I'm sure you hear this all the time, but bright glowing essence to you. Uh, that is just and and we'll have your photos online and people when they take the quiz they can see a video of you. But there, yeah, I mean April and I met you years ago in the sex toy industry and um you've just I've always been that way every time I've seen you. So um, listeners, you definitely want to see her <laughs> and take that quiz. Um, this has been so insightful. I'm sure right when we end this April, and I will be taking the quiz. Ourselves. <laughs> oh, uh, no, absolutely. We have a little bit of a break after this, and I, I'm I'm going to get out. How long does it take the quiz typically? So it's about 16 questions. Okay, five ten minutes. Oh, that's amazing. And it's free, yeah, and it's free it's to take free. too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I can't wait to dissect my erotic blueprint after this. Jaya, so beautiful to see you again. And we see you. The listeners won't get to see you, but we get to see you. Thank you for taking the time to share your work with us and your journey and your beautiful energy. You're an inspiration to us all. So thank you for being here with us. Thank you. And for those of you out there listening, check out Margins Wine. Amy and I have been a huge fan of Margins Wine now for several years. And she's got a bunch of new releases. It's very beautiful boutique special wine made in actually here in Santa Cruz where we're based out of. And go to marginswine.com. She usually sells out. She probably has a two-year waiting list by now as well. But it's still still good to get on that waiting list. So uh, check it out. And again, we love you listeners. Thank you for being part of our shameless sex revolution and we'll we'll see you next tuesday ciao for now don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more and for 15 percent off of some of our favorite sex toys use coupon code shamelesspp in all caps at purepleasureshop.com